how can we have joy in loss? Uh, it's a good time to talk about that with March Madness upon us. As any good UK fan will know, surely loss is right around the corner, so disappointment is soon to be here. Uh, but uh, how can we have joy in loss? This section in Psalm 119, we're starting in verse 57, uh, kind of covers that, that mindset, joy in loss. Verse number 57 says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entered thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion to, of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. We're going to look at this idea of joy in loss through these few verses. God help us as we Take just a couple minutes to look through your word, and uh, Lord, I, I have really enjoyed going through this psalm, and I pray that uh, today as we look through these thoughts, it'll be an encouragement to us, and uh, Lord, help us to be better prepared for the hard times in life or the times of loss. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We'll kind of do what we did last week, basically going verse by verse to look at just a thought in each verse, uh, But so let's start off in verse 57, when we're thinking about loss and being able to have joy in loss, it's important to remember what you still have even when you've lost something. In verse number 57, it says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. We don't know exactly what the psalmist was going through, uh, but uh, it appears to be a time of material loss, not necessarily emotional loss or anything like that. But uh, here he says, Thou art my portion, O Lord, understanding that what he has is still more than he lost. And a lot of times when we go through loss uh, here on this earth, we get so caught up in what we lost that we don't remember what we have. And if the Lord is our portion, if he is, uh, is something that we have, then we always have more than what we lost. Uh, and to be able to focus on, you know, it's funny, you're, there are optimists and pessimists, the glass half full or the glass half empty people in the world. And uh, if you can take just a second to step back from uh, a, a pessimistic moment in your life and look at the bright side. As a Christian, we always have a bright side. Not everybody does. I'm not saying that Christians can't be pessimists uh, and still be right with God. But uh, the reality is, if we will look at what we have as Christians, it'll always be more than what we lost. And then he also, in this same verse, he determines to keep God's word. He says, I have said that I would keep thy words. It's a resolve, it's a decision, it's a determination that no matter what he loses, no matter what uh, negative things go on in his life, he has said, I am going to continue, I am going to keep your word. I tell you, if we can wake up every morning and commit to God, I'm going to keep your words. It'll change the way your day goes. It'll change how you, how you are as an employer, employee, excuse me. Uh, if you're an employer, that too. 
Uh, It'll change how you are as a husband or as a wife or as a kid. It'll change how you are as a friend. If you wake up in the morning and said, I am determined, I am resolved, I will keep God's words. That's one way to have joy and loss. Something else in verse 58 that we see is the need for mercy and favor. He says in verse 58, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. We look at other people and the wrongs that they do to us. Um, We are in the midst of tax season right now. And if you're like me and you see you get your taxes back and whether you're getting a return or not or you see how much the government got and you can begin a little bitter over the loss i try not to look at my pay stubs i've made that mistake before and it's never looking at what i got in my account it's looking at what got taken away right sometimes almost 50 percent. it seems like my goodness and you can sit there and you think, man, and you can, you can be a little judgmental towards the government, and fairly so. But you know, a lot of times we forget our own failures, right? We don't look in the mirror. We need God's mercy and favor because we're sinners too. And a lot of times we'll spend so much time looking at other people and how they've wronged us or taken something from us or whatever it may be, and we forget how much mercy we need, how much favor we need of God as well. And here the psalmist says, I entreated thy favor. And he says, be merciful unto me, again, according to my word, or thy word, excuse me. Again, it's a, it's a looking back at the promises of God. It's an understanding God says he'll be merciful to me. His mercies are new every day. And so he doesn't say, be merciful to me because I deserve it. Be merciful unto me according to what you said. And what a wonderful promise we can claim every single day. Verse 59, we need to have deliberate obedience. I thought on my ways, things that I had done, and I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. It's a deliberate obedience. It's a determined obedience. And it is also a discriminating obedience. What do I mean by that? He says, thy testimonies. Here the understanding again that he is obeying what God has said. I, I looked at the way that I was going and I turned my feet to what you wanted me to do. I didn't look at what I was doing and saying, yep, everything's good. I didn't look at what I wanted to do and said, I'm going to continue to go my way. He says, I looked at what I was doing. I looked at my ways and I turned my feet to thy testimonies, what you've desired for me to do. I love the, I think it's confidence to a degree here from the psalmist, the understanding that he was doing right. Where he says it in verse 57, I have said that I would keep thy word. Now he says in verse 59, that I turn my feet unto thy testimonies. I'm obeying you, Lord. Not only deliberately, but in verse 60, we see prompt obedience. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Sometimes in Times of loss, we drag our feet to obey God. I've heard it said to me before, just give me a little bit of time. And sometimes we do that with God. It's okay to do it with me. (laughs) All right, it's okay to do it with other people sometimes. I just need a little bit of space, just give me a little bit of time. 
But with God, when we say, God, just give me a little bit of time. I will obey you. Just give me a little bit of time. We're hurting ourselves. We are missing out on things that God has for us. And he says here in verse 60, I made haste. I'm in this time of loss, but I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. I just was right there obedient to you. Most of us have a hard time saying that to God, especially in hard times and difficult times of God. This hardship came and boy, I was right there next to God obeying him. I made haste. We need to be uh, uh, prompt in our obedience. Verse 61, he uses an example. The, hands, the bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. The best example we have in life is Jesus Christ. And you remember Jesus Christ was robbed. Not of just material things. He's robbed of his fleshly life, his earthly life. But he never forgot God's purpose and God's ways, the Father's ways. And here the psalmist says the same thing. I have been robbed, but that's no excuse for me to not obey you. I've not forgotten my law. I'm still obedient. I like the, uh, the theme of this, this section. Verse number 62, we see the psalmist's devotion. He said, at midnight, this is middle of the night, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. It's, it's on purpose. Uh, it's a decision he's making uh, to show his devotion to God. I saw a meme on Facebook yesterday. I sent it to Tyler. Uh, it said, pastors, be sure to call your deacons at 2 o'clock in the morning and remind them to set their clock forward. Uh, it would take devotion to play that prank. I didn't have it. There was a time in my life where I did, but it's not right now. Uh, I'd be more than willing to set my alarm for an ungodly hour to play a prank on someone back in the day, but not today. The devotion to God that I will wake up in a time that I'm normally sleeping to give thanks to you. Why? Because he's worthy of it. Now, am I saying that you should set your alarm clock for 1 o'clock in the morning to get up and just give praise to God? No. If you're like me, you wake up periodically throughout the night anyhow. So why not just give praise to Him when you're awake? Um, that's not what this psalm is talking about, but nonetheless, we just see the devotion here of the, the, the love of God, um, understanding what God had done for Him. Because of Thy righteous judgments, I can give thanks to You I can set devotion to you. Verse 63, we see the important question that we talk about often. What kind of company do you keep? He says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. 1 John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. What kind of company do you keep? I'm not saying you can't be friends with lost people, but I'm saying that if you spend a lot of time with lost people, it's going to hurt you spiritually. If, you're, if all your time is consumed with those who do not love God, it's going to hurt you spiritually. And God has given you a group of natural friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, here in your church. You should take some time to get to know them. Spend some time with them. 
and other Christians too, not just the Christians in your church, uh, but have godly fellowship. Uh, it will help you in ways you can't even imagine spending some time. If you're like many people where you only get to spend time with Christians in your own home and at your church, uh, I promise you, you, you commit to a Thursday or a Tuesday or a Monday or whenever and spend some time with some fellow Christians, you'll leave that week going, boy, that was a better week than normal. Godly fellowship changes, changes things. It edifies, it encourages. Uh, it's important. And here this, this man said, you know, I, I'm a companion with anyone that fears God, with anyone that follows God. That's a good reminder for us that there are people in our community, in our neighborhood, in our workplaces that love the Lord, that don't worship the way that you do. That don't go to the same kind of church that you go to. You shouldn't be mean to them. You shouldn't shun them. You shouldn't be, well, you don't love God as much as I do because I go to an independent Baptist church. Or we sing the hymns and we preach from the King James. That's not very friendly. If they fear the Lord and they follow His precepts, be a companion. Encourage them. Pray with them. I'm telling you, we treat people that we will see in heaven one day so poorly just because they're different than us. Let's be careful. Again, we need to be careful and guard our, our own lives to make sure that we're not going down a path God doesn't want us to go down to. But I'm telling you, we are not caring and compassionate and loving like Christ was. If they love God, if they fear God, if they obey God, then they should be our friends. And we should be friendly to them. Verse 64, we see two thoughts here. The first one is going to be one that I probably shouldn't use, but I'm going to use it anyway, so uh, you guys are forgiving. Uh, the Bible says here, The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. All right, so now I'm starting to question if I should use this example. I wrote it down in my notes, so surely it's fine, right? Um, we see things through a new lens. The Christian goggles. Some of you know where I'm going with this now. There's a bad illustration. Kids, plug your ears for a second. Uh, your parents will, will, will elbow you when it's time to listen. Um, uh, you know it. If you're an adult, you understand what I'm talking about. At college, we called it the Maranatha goggles, which meant that at Maranatha, that girl was pretty, but in the rest of the world, she was like a six. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're, now you're all going, why are you telling us this? All right. Different, a different perspective. Um, <laughs> this is great. So biblical. Um, the Christian goggles, the lens of the earth through a Christian's perspective is different from the view of the earth through a lost person's perspective. And what we see as Christians is beautiful, but even better than that, it says that it's the earth is full of thy mercy. When a Christian person puts on the perspective of Christ and just looks anywhere, they see mercy. 
A lost person won't see that. And you put on that <laughs> the Christian goggles. Again, a horrible example. I apologize. Kind of. Uh, you put it on and everything's different. <laughs> Even the ugliest things in the earth are now beautiful. Because you're seeing it through a different perspective. The earth, O oh Lord, the earth that you created and made and developed and organized, it's full of mercy. And then he closes it off with a wonderful four words, teach me thy statutes. It's continued growth. By the way, I just need to clarify, Katie was a 10 without Maranatha goggles, okay? Um, just wanted to clarify that. Continued growth. Teach me thy statutes. This is someone who for the last several verses has been saying, and it's given to us by inspiration of God, but he's been saying, I have obeyed, I have followed, I am doing what you want me to do, I, I am keeping thy laws, I am determined to keep thy laws, I am devoted to you, I will get up in the middle of the night and give you thanks. All of these things, and then at the end he says, teach me. I'm not done yet, I'm still growing. A Christian should desire to be taught God's Word. And there is no better teacher than the Holy Spirit and God Himself. Teach me. Teach me thy, thy statutes. Well, how can He teach me if I'm not reading? I know, we're back to it. How can He teach me if I'm not praying? How can He teach me if I'm not hearing? And that brings us back to the basics. Back to God's Word. You might look at your life and go, I'm doing pretty good. Man, that's a wonderful, peaceful place to be. I'm doing pretty good. I've been obeying. I go back to the example of dieting or an exercising. When you're doing it, you may not feel great, but you feel good about the fact that you're finally doing it. Um, that you made it a week or a day or two days or whatever it is. Oh, man, I'm doing it. It feels good. And as we're following God, we may be sitting there and go, okay, I'm doing pretty good right now. I've read my Bible. I've prayed. I've thought about what I've read. I've meditated on it, as the Bible says. I'm obeying God. Uh, I had something that, that in the past would really discourage me, but I, I gave it to God, and God's helping me through it. I'm doing good. That doesn't mean that you're there. God, teach me that statutes. Continue to grow me. We are in a state, and, and it sounds discouraging, but it shouldn't be, you know, of continual growth. We still have a ways to go. I've told you the story that my dad, dad said he was in college for uh, three and a half years, and while he was in college for three and a half years, they said this is the best education you can ever have. You can get a better education. You're so lucky to be here. All those kinds of things. And then his last semester, they said, you don't know anything. You need seminary. You need to go on further education because you know nothing. And uh, that's not what God's doing to us. As a matter of fact, God's been so open and, and honest with us from the get-go. You need daily teaching. Stick with it. When you're doing great, that's wonderful. Keep it up. And if you're not doing great, hey, let's kick it into gear. It takes some devotion. It doesn't take getting up at midnight, but it does take some devotion. It takes prompt obedience. Deliberate obedience, a determination, 
and an understanding that what I have is still far more than I've ever lost in God Almighty. So, put on the Christian goggles and see it from a new perspective. It's beautiful. Mercy is everywhere. It's new every day, meaning it's exactly what you need every single day. So, put it to practice. Prove it, as the Bible says. Let God prove it to you. Obey and see what God does for you. Lord, help us to be joyful. There's a lot to discourage us in this day and time. There's a lot that uh, goes wrong, so to say, in our minds. But Lord, may we see the right perspective, the biblical perspective of your goodness everywhere, your mercy everywhere, your grace that abounds. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to better view the life that you've given us. Help us to be obedient and faithful, determined, prompt. Uh, Lord, just help us to honor you in the way that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. It's been a good